0: Here's what's coming up on today's show. You do have a fear that you've overspent on your property. We're not seeing that as much this year, or at least in the last quarter, and this coming quarter, last part of 2023, because there is more negotiating power for our buyers out there.
1: Buying or selling real estate can be stressful. After all, it's not any old house we're talking about. It's your home. When it's time to buy or sell, turn to Colleen Benson and the Benson Broker Group with Keller Williams. Get answers to your real estate questions and put your search in capable hands. It's time for Keeping It Real Estate with Colleen Benson. Are you ready for Halloween? It's around the corner, Colleen, and it inspires our next portion of the program here. Halloween edition, top fears of buyers and sellers. And uh, we're going to find out, are these fears legit? Or are they much ado about nothing? Um, you know, kind of like a lot of our fears when it comes to Halloween, right? Are we, are we unnecessarily scared of certain things? <laughs> or do we have some legitimate fears of that clown hanging out in the sewer kind of thing? Uh, should be fun. Before we dive into that, first of all, are you a Halloween fan? Are you dressing up as anything? Do you decorate for Halloween? Are, are you a Halloween kind of person?
0: No, no, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. not. I love fall. I love fall, but, um, and I will answer the door and pass out candy, you bet. Last year, I did go to a Halloween party, and I dressed up, and um, but no no plans this year. How about you?
1: I'm not a big Halloween person either. Um, was when I was a little kid, but then just grew out of it really fast, and uh, just never really been into the whole scaring and, and, and all that stuff, so Mm-mm. I like a little bit of cute Halloween stuff, so I like seeing the kids out trick-or-treating, and... You know, but once they get to be teenagers, it's kind of like, you can stop doing that. Let the little kids be trick-or-treaters. Yeah. <laughs> so, and once they start having outfits that are, have nails sticking out of the masks and things like that, that's where it loses me.
0: So. And that, my, that was my boys, you know, raising two boys. They always wanted the gore and the gross and... Yeah. But...
1: <laughs> Just not into it. Just not into <laughs> it. So... I don't know. Connie loves it, though, so I let her do all the decorating, but I, I, don't, I don't approve anything that's—that that's, uh, that's that makes me sound very controlling, and I don't mean it that way, but I don't approve—I <laughs> I don't agree with anything that's, like, super scary. So we have, like—we a we call him mini bones, like a little mini pumpkin that's also half pumpkin, half skeleton, but he's like a little—it's like a little kid-sized uh, blow-up. So we've got him in the front yard. We've got a spider web that lights up with some large spiders in it, but they're not, like, super scary spiders or anything like that. And then she went. Uh, she went a little crazy this year, and she got a dinosaur that blows up and has red glowing eyes and he's got some sort of Halloween like <laughs> attire on him or something. So <laughs> love it. we've got a hodgepodge uh, Halloween display this year. There is one really cool house in the neighborhood, Colleen. I'll have to send you some pictures of this. Uh, they did a great job. And although it's not my usual style of liking anything scary, it's so clever and, and they just executed it really well. They've got all of these miniature ske- skeletons climbing their house. Ooh so that there's sounds skeletons cool. all over like they're assaulting the house. They're dropping in from the roof. They're climbing up the gutters. They're hanging from the front windows like they're all over the house. And then in the front yard, they have a, f- a bunch of stuff like skeletons walking skeleton dogs. So they've got them on leashes and things like that. But every- everything's skeleton based. And uh, but it's just really cool that each little skeleton's like telling a story. Um, so I'm like, these people must go all out for like elf on the shelf, you know, and that's
0: in your neighborhood it's in
1: our neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Their house will be pretty popular.
0: Nobody has decorated in my neighborhood.
1: Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Ours is decked out. We've never lived in an area where, uh, we even have trick or treaters and now we live in like the perfect neighborhood where, um, everybody's going to be out on Halloween night. So we're going to have to actually buy candy for the first time and be ready for it. It's fun stuff. In any event, let's get there to our. are a
0: lot of um, haunted house um, like tours here.
1: Okay, yeah, in
0: the Willamette Valley. So maybe we can do a neighborhood spotlight on those here. There this you go. Month. Yeah. those are
1: scary. We did do one of those one time, and Connie lost it. She absolutely (laughs) lost it on the Haunted Tour. It just got in her brain and she could not, like she just melted down. So I'm like carrying her out of the woods through a cornfield. Oh my gosh. I lost my shoe because I got stuck in mud and like... (laughs) It was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. She's super embarrassed. I'm telling the story right now, but yeah, we've ne- we've definitely not been back to one since then, and probably never will. Yeah, so. no,
0: I no, not for me. I I've done it with my kids as they were in their teens. And, yeah, um, I think yeah, I pretty much was carried out of one, too, by my son. So. The
1: strobe light got her. They had this strobe light section, and then as you're walking through the strobe light, there's someone coming at you, but because of the strobe effect, it's, it was really well done. It was really creepy because they're like, you know, 75 feet away from you, but then kind of like within a blink or two, it's like they jumped, and now they're only 50 feet, and then they jump again, and they're only 25 feet. It was such a weird, like illusion that they were able to create with that strobe light, and it just freaked her out. It just lost it. <laughs> it got to the one point where this dude was coming up to us as a chainsaw, and Connie's literally just got her head buried in my chest. And I'm like, just stop it. Stop. Just stop. Just please let us pass. Just don't. <laughs> and he was like, okay, sorry. <laughs> they, they took pity on us, thankfully. So in any event. All right. So top fears of buyers and sellers, turning it back to the real estate talk. All right. Uh, and I have to ask you one other question here before we get started. In terms of uh, selling and, and and maybe buying houses, have you ever sold a property or, or toured one with somebody that was rumored to be haunted or anything that you got ever like creepy vibes from a oh, property yeah. like that? Oh,
0: yeah. There There is a thing that there's creepy vibes sometimes. I mean, you can't deny it. Like... And I know, you know, like it's your Christian faith and everything. It's like, what, but you can feel it sometimes there's just a weird energy. Sometimes when you're going through a house and you just, I always say, I wish I had a history book on these homes but there is one that was on in the Fairmount neighborhood which if for those of you that are real familiar with Salem it's a historic homes gorgeous neighborhood the big mansions here in South Salem or Southeast Salem it's just um, big beautiful gorgeous mansions well there's one that's been on the market for years okay I I swear it's probably been on the market for at least six years and I got it in my head when I was shopping for my last home that I wanted to buy it. I was like, you know what? I could get a steal of a deal. It's this gorgeous mansion. It's on the corner. It's under a million dollars. Of course, you know, and then I walked through it and I realized it probably needs 500,000 at least of work. So um, I had a couple friends talk me out of it. But for a while there, I was so ready to buy it and it was creepy. It had like p- half of it was done, was remodeled like in the 70s, like Vegas style with mirrored okay. tile everywhere and black toilets black sinks oh interesting and and then uh you go into another room that's very colonial like turn of the century um and then it had an indoor swimming pool that was drained obviously and cleaned so it's just like this empty hole just off the dining room and you just have to wonder what the parties were like in this house like back in yeah. the day but it was definitely creepy they had a couple of rooms downstairs that had red light bulbs so it's just a red glow in the room and um, I I couldn't look at it without a friend that's for sure but um, I'm thankful that I did decided not to buy that house because That would have been quite an interesting path.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is very interesting. Um, I'm sure we've all gotten those vibes before, maybe in a place. And uh, I imagine realtors get get a little bit more than the average person because of how many homes you tour. And uh, the state of the homes sometimes aren't the best. And so you're kind of seeing the good and the bad and sometimes the ugly out of it all, too. So thanks for sharing that story with us
0: you don't know like what's lurking around the corner sometimes it is like going through a a haunted house (laughs) what what, what
1: sacrifices have been made in this home (laughs) exactly (laughs) be careful here Well, uh, since you were talking about a home that you were going to buy, let's start there. Top fears for buyers in 2023. Here's the list, Colleen. First one up is hidden issues, those unseen repairs or maybe damage that surface after the purchase. Is that a legit fear for folks?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just cha-ching, cha-ching. You know, the things you don't know that until you live in the house, you find out. And there are things that could come up that aren't even on the inspection you know, if this plumbing or electrical or something weird that you're not aware of. And so it's definitely a fear for, um, buyers purchasing a property. And there's a lot of anxiety around it. Like, um, once I buy this, I own it. And then what, I mean, it's such a huge investment. So the purchase process can definitely feel very daunting.
1: Yeah. We don't like hidden things by any means. What about overspending? I remember this was definitely one of my fears whenever I buy a house. I just just don't want to overcommit on the mortgage, but you want to get as much house as you can, but then you also don't want to buy it and then have the value drop right after getting it. So I can identify with this one, just always having that fear of overspending on a house. You just don't want to be left with that feeling. But well, is that and- is that blown out of proportion?
0: No, I mean, we've experienced that, especially the last couple of years with bids going up and up and up and buyers waiving inspections and waiving appraisals that you do have a fear that you've overspent on your property. We're not seeing that as much this year or at least in the last quarter and this coming quarter, last part of 2023, because there is more negotiating power for our buyers out there.
1: I think that's really important to remember as you are looking at properties. Uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get the pro- the property and get the house, but uh, overspending concerns. Uh, pay attention to those and and truly evaluate them. Good to know that you help people navigate through that. On the flip side, you got a lot of people that have their top fear of being FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. This is what oh, we yeah. had a period of recently. This is what can lead people to overspend, but it's kind of a fear all on its own. Folks just don't want to miss out on what may be the best house they've seen.
0: You know, and then they wait and wait and wait, and they miss their opportunity. I mean, my little brother's done that. Sorry to say, I've been a realtor 30 years. I've been telling him to buy, 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 buy. And now he's 40 years old, and he hasn't bought. He's been renting the same house, and he feels like he did miss out. He missed out, had he bought a house 10 years ago, of all the money he could have had in the Hmm. equity of that home that he's paying for rent every month. So it is interesting. Yeah, that fear of missing out is very valid and true. And I think especially in hindsight. So if you're wanting to buy a home, let's talk about the plan and the path to get you there as soon as possible. And so that you don't have that (laughs) missed out feeling.
1: Uh, that's great. I, I remember back to when we bought our second home, I did an experiment afterward, Colleen, where I kept all of the searches and everything else active because we got into a small bidding war for it. We didn't have to extend too much, but we did just a little bit more at the time to, to kind of bring up to a matching offer. And, um, And it was a a unique property. It had, I've talked about it here on the show before, I think in the past, it was the one that had a pool and it had a really cool backyard that was like being in a park and it was kind of sunken down in the, in the valley of the neighborhood and just beautiful wooded lot, all this kind of cool stuff. That's just kind of a neat thing to find, but it needed fixing up. And so we got it at a really good deal. And I kept track of our price point that we had at the time and all of our stipulations. I wanted to see this was probably would have been really painful if you then see some amazing houses coming up that you could have gotten otherwise. Right. But it was really an experiment. It was over a year before another house came up that I would have probably even considered going on a tour in. Yeah. There was nothing else like it that posted in the next year. And then... The next couple of years, we had, of course, the pandemic and the prices of things exploding. And obviously, you know, it totally blew out out of the water what we would have been able to afford at that price in in years past. So it was a good example of that FOMO. Uh, So that's why we we said, you know, this is a pretty unique property. I don't think we're going to see another cool one like this pop up. And sure enough, watching that experiment happen, another one really never came in the wheelhouse. It's
0: like anything you keep an eye on, you know, whether it's your stocks or... Um, Like if you're shopping for a house and you're like, I'm nowhere near ready to buy, but I just love looking. And I think there's a lot of people out there that love to scour Zillow every day. And it's just kind of a thing, right? And then once they find the house, is this the right one? Gosh, you know, I'm not ready to stop looking. I'm not ready to stop looking. And then they buy and then it's hard to kind of give up that search habit as you were doing. You know, very true. Keep Very true. Looking,
1: I did give it wondering. up this time on this on the the house that we bought uh, earlier this year. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not keeping track of what's out there. I, I was like, nope. We're here. We're gonna be here for a long time. Doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not paying attention to anything else. Good.
0: So, it yeah. means you probably love your home.
1: And we do. We do. Yeah. It's it's a new one. We feel pretty confident in it. And and I can't imagine going out and finding anything different at this point. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, there you go. Fears for buyers, FOMO, overspending, hidden issues. Last but not least, I just this is sort of a catch-all, Colleen, just that general fear of the unknown. Buyers like to deal with what's known, so just anything that could be hidden, not even just an, a, a repair issue, but just anything sort of hidden or unknown creates unease in the process. How do you get around that when you work with folks?
0: Oh, gosh. I, I would say probably, how do I get around that? Probably just present the market stats and um kind of go it's kind of a psychological conversation like Mm. how are you going to feel when you get there what is it going to mean how's it going to change your life how's it going to change your day-to-day routine like kind of focus on all the things that that client is looking forward to and maybe kind of go back to their motivation and so that way we can just kind of avoid the unpredict like let's not talk about the unpredictability um but what's best for them and how it's going to feel when they they get there. And I think that that is really helpful for a buyer and especially a seller. Like I was just on a listing appointment last Friday and they're like, maybe we should just take it off the market till spring because we're not in a hurry and we wanna get the best price. And I was like, remind me again of why you're selling and moving to Missouri while we're following our grandkids. Our uh, three granddaughters are in their teens now and we just wanna be there for them. We have no family left here. Like, let's talk about that, because that matters more than the unpredictability of the of the market of selling their home during the winter, you know, and whatnot. So I just think that 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 is a big piece to helping a client overcome those feelings.
1: That's great. Oh, man. So a little bit of education and uh, some psychology thrown in there, too. I mean, we can all benefit from that. So very helpful. All right. That's the top fears for buyers. If you've got questions about that, want to talk about buying your next home with a great agent in the area, connect with Colleen Benson. She's got a great team servicing not only the greater Salem area but throughout the Willamette Valley, Portland, Bend, the Oregon coast, and everywhere in between. Uh, you can get in touch with Colleen by calling or texting her at 503 503- 830-9467 that's 503 830-9467. All right, let's uh, dive into some top fears for sellers here, Colleen. Um, we had overspending on the buyer fears. Well, on the seller's side, we have underpricing. Nobody wants to do that, right?
0: <laughs> well, under I, can you underprice your home? I mean, I don't believe you can. I believe if you list at a value that is under market value, you will get multiple offers and that price will come up to market value. And that's how I see it and that's how I explain it. So I don't—I I know that sellers are afraid that they're gonna leave money on the table, but hey, it's our job to maximize your profit in the least amount of time and with the least amount of stress to you. So the way we do that is we help you price it correctly, um, hit that sweet spot on price and make sure that you do not, you know, leave money, like lose any profit.
1: That's great. Yeah, Overpricing, underpricing, eh, you don't, neither is a strategy. Price it right. And that's where you go to. But it does sound like there should be actually less of a fear of underpricing because you're just going to drive more interest versus overpricing can keep interest away and mm-hmm. hurt you hurt you maybe even more than the underpriced fear. So it sounds like that's maybe our first one that's not really warranted. So that's good to know. All right. Uh, another – Uh, fear that sellers have is that they're not going to get any offers. Nothing feels worse than listing your home. And you just don't see a bunch of initial interest. The first weekend comes and no offers. And a lot of people that that gets really stuck in their brain and causes a lot of anxiety when they go to sell their house.
0: Yeah, causes a lot of anxiety for us as realtors, too. (laughs) That's that is one of our top fears. Oh, my gosh. You know, you think you're listing this incredibly marketable, beautiful home and And then you don't get any showings, you don't get any offers. So we have right now what's called the four metrics. Number one, is that property getting two to four showings a week? Number two, are buyers coming back for second glances? Number three, positive feedback. You know, we work very hard to get feedback on every showing. And then uh, lastly, offers or talk of offers. If we're not seeing those four metrics, then we have to adjust marketing and price. And that's what this market's telling us. So usually to help my sellers overcome that anxiety, I I set those expectations from the beginning so that they know what to expect. If they're not seeing that, it's no big deal. It just means that we're not, we've got to adjust some things. Yeah. And so then after two weeks or ten days to two weeks, you know, let's make those adjustments and try it again. And there's nothing bad about that. Sometimes a seller's fear that, oh, if they price reduce, it makes people wonder what's wrong with their house. And that is not the case in this current market. Everyone's doing it. We, yeah. have to, we're, we have to adjust the price for the market we're in.
1: Price reductions two years ago might have been correct. Okay, something's not quite right with this house, and, and it shouldn't be sitting on the market this long. Yes. Nowadays, that's not really evidence Nowadays, of much because every it's- house is being exposed to that market.
0: Yes, changer. Absolutely
1: okay very good all right last but not least another top fear for sellers is there any uh, truth to this one unqualified buyers how big of a concern is that really
0: well um here's what's going on if you're pre-approved for a certain price point that's based on what you can afford monthly and you don't lock in your rate and interest rates go up and you're no longer qualified for that price range we could have a deal fall through so the best thing you can do as a buyer is go with a reputable local lender and lock in your rate. There's some national companies out there that advertise quite a bit as to their low fees and what they can do for you as a buyer. And the problem with some of these companies that if you wanna call me and ask me, I'll tell you, uh, but I'm just gonna say generically some of these companies out there, um, they have a really bad reputation of you get to the finish line and they have not taken that buyer through all of the pre-approval checklist and then the buyer doesn't qualify in the end. So we need to make real sure as representing sellers, that those offers that come in aren't using some of those companies. Number one, number two, or if they are, we just have to have that conversation with our seller that we've seen this fall apart. We've seen deals fall apart with this particular lender. And so we might be able to suggest that that buyer use a different lender so that we know that they are in fact qualified when they make the offer. And then with our buyers, just coaching them to using a local lender that we have a trust relationship established with is going to be huge for them in the long run and not surprise them with fees that might um, price them out of that home before they can buy it.
1: Great breakdown on the fears for sellers and buyers. Again, if you have any questions on navigating these waters and making sure that these fears are addressed, a lot of them legitimate. And uh, they can be overcome, though, with proper planning, with education, and approaching all this with the right psychology. And a great team on your side helps make that process easy. So touch base with Colleen Benson and the Benson Broker Group. You can call Colleen directly or shoot her a text and set up that time to chat 503-830-9467 any real estate questions on your mind don't hesitate to reach out we're not going to put you live on the air you can talk one-on-one with colleen when you dial in 503-830-9467 you do not have to wait till the end of the show go ahead and call me 503-830-9467 The Keeping It Real Estate podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most major podcasting apps. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Just search for Keeping It Real Estate with Colleen Benson on your favorite app to find us or you can find subscribe links, listen to past episodes, check out the show notes and other great resources, including ways to contact the show and Colleen by visiting keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. That's keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. Did you know that Colleen Benson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Keeping It Real Estate
0: radio show, Saturdays and Sundays at 1 p.m. on AM 1220 and 104.3 FM KSLM.